once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level. Hello, you are listening to the C-Squared podcast with Holly. Yes, I haven't disappeared down a well completely. Um, I'm here with Curtis and Alia, and today we're going to have a big conversation, discussion type thing uh, about all stuff to do with PR. So as in when to go for PR, tips and advice of how to do it if maybe you can't afford it, um, and just some other little bits of information that maybe you don't have. So I guess one thing that I would like to sort of quickly mention, because we've seen a few people do this recently, is... Uh, don't release an album and then seek PR afterwards because it's you're shooting yourself in the feet basically um or foot feet whichever however however the saying goes anyway um so (laughs) but no the point is um so many journalists and uh, media outlets they need release materials in advance of the release date or they will not even consider it half the time so big 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 thing do not seek PR after release date i i, I want to add to this um so the reason why holly brought this up is because i actually had this happen uh a couple times actually in the last little while uh bands will i've actually had it happen a lot in the last eight years or whatever i've been doing pr i don't know 10 years i think it's 10 i don't know but anyways you'll have bands who think that they have to get something rolling and some good reviews prior to getting pr uh but it's backwards because Yes, it helps with future PR campaigns if you have stuff in the pipeline. Like, let's say you got some reviews from decent blogs or even smaller blogs or whatever. But like Holly was saying, nobody's going to review you or anything if the album's already out. So Holly's been a journalist for four years, three years, two years? Probably more five years now. Five years? Okay, cool. So when you do get assigned a review, have you ever been assigned anything that was not on its way to be released yes every once yeah. in a while okay um yeah but how frequent is that oh it's not not often at all yeah maybe like i don't know one in 20 I mean, no probably not even that okay yeah. so you so like holly said you probably got a one in 20 chance of actually getting your album reviewed if you do that and most prs are going to charge you the same rate no matter what um so if you do go to someone and you already have your album out and you're asking for PR, be very, very careful because if someone agrees to do that campaign and they don't have a way to spin it, you're probably flushing your money down the toilet. Um, and I'm not saying like the person who you're dealing with is trying to scam you. A lot of the times that's not the case. Uh, they honestly believe that they can do a good job with it. We will sometimes also take bands who have released stuff as long as there is a way to spin it. So like, for example, if you have a video coming out, um, you have a CD physical copy coming out, or you have a vinyl release, for example, or cassette. Uh, But if you don't have a plan to do any of that type of stuff, we will not take the money on it or anything like that because you can spin and get reviews if the album's coming out on a different format or there's a video coming out. So I wanted to clarify on that. Um, Aaliyah, what did you want to add to that part? No, I don't have really have anything to add other than, you know, that is 
that is something that I see happening even from like larger labels. I will see press releases for a vinyl release of an album that's however many years old yeah. or or what have you, things like that. Um, so that that's that's how you can put a spin on it if you've already released your album. Um, but let's get into what, what people should have ready and um, and then go from there. And then maybe we can talk about like how much time sure. you need to have in advance, et cetera. So diving right in, um, I want to talk about having a band photo. And this is, it is typically a photo of yourselves. Yep. It doesn't have to be, but it needs to be the image you want associated with your band. Yeah. So like, I know a band that is like a video game that music covers band and they don't necessarily, maybe they don't want their, their faces associated with it because the music's not about them. It's about this video game. So they make some imagery associated with the video game that is original, um, original artwork, but they, and they own it and it's part of their image. And that's how they, that's the imagery that they use. Yeah. And that's totally fine. So it's just like, but unless you're, that's your thing and you have a theme, you should have a good quality photo of yourselves and it should be high, high enough resolution and you should hire a semi, a somewhat professional photographer if you can. Yeah. Um, Anything else either of you want to add on the photography topic? Go, Curtis. First thing first, I want to say that both of these girls are excellent at this uh, topic here. Holly almost always gives like the best pictures. And Aaliyah is like, I don't know how you do it, but you, you are, are able to get the image down for the band somehow. And even in on your regular Instagram posts, all the time, 100% awesome on pictures. Um Holly, Holly, I think is the main in charge for disconnected souls for image. Are you not? Um, I, I will. For, yeah, for all intents and purposes, uh, we will say that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I just, I, 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 because I, I know it's Fletch's band, right? But I just, I never want to like. I know he listens to this, and I don't know if he ever gets mad when I say that. <laughs> so that's why I like to clarify. Um, but yeah, just as an aside, if anybody wants to see how to do pictures, go check out uh, Shield of Wings. And Aaliyah's account and Holly's account and uh, Disconnected Souls account because they both do a really good job with this. And they do not just one picture, but they do like multiple pictures. So sorry, Aaliyah, I just wanted to Thanks, toot your horn, toot both your guys' horns on that before moving on to anything else. Unless Holly has something to say. Um, I guess one thing to possibly add is stuff like, I mean, we've, we've done a photos podcast before, so I won't go too deep into it, but stuff mm -hmm. like make sure the photos are landscape, not portrait make sure you can see your faces if assuming you're not a band that is anonymous make sure we can see your faces clearly it's in focus yeah lighting is good it fits your brand um yeah and ideally i would rather have photos sent to me from bands that are huge in size as in like pixel size because i can make them smaller we can't make a small pixel image bigger yeah. <laughs> so yeah. send us Yes, and as the highest quality possible, and then we can shrink it for press releases and kits if we need to shrink it. But yes. we've got it if, it if print magazines want it. So. Oh, I had one more question for the both of you guys, actually, in regards to photos, if I'm I'm good for time on it. No? Yeah, I just have something I don't Sure. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> um, 
Okay. Well, I was just going to say to clarify on the portrait photography thing, when you um, hire a photographer, if you have a photography session, you are going to want to get portrait photos for social media use mm -hmm. and um, landscape photos for media use. Yeah. So you want to have both. Yeah. Ideally, you should have like at least four to five edited images from your professional photo shoot. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's basically it. I just want I want want people to know you do need some vertical portrait images or images that can be cropped reasonably to a portrait image for social media stories and yeah. vertical format is better for like phone scrolling and such. So um, just keep that in mind. But if you give it to us, we we murder you. Is is what we're trying to say? Yeah, that's not what you we don't want. <laughs> we don't fucking want it. Um, where was I going with this? Oh, I know what it was. So it's kind of a question for both of you. So just in regards to photos. Aliyah, obviously, I'm I'm sure that you kind of learned how to have how how to create good pictures and image due to being a graphic designer. I'm I'm assuming that's how you kind of figured it out. Uh, but I'm curious how Holly did because, as far as I know, she doesn't have a graphic design or background or anything like that. So I'm just curious how you figured it out. Um, I trial and error. Okay. I, yeah, I have absolutely no formal training, but I just mess about with stuff. Um, okay. I, I sort of do little bits of amateur photography and we have friends who are amateur photographers. So it, it yeah, that's how we're able to do cool. most things. Yeah, cool. Uh, so Aaliyah, was yeah. I correct on that with the graphic design being how you kind of figured it out? Well, I mean, with our, with our photography, we hired a professional photographer. So okay. um, I'm not that good of a photographer um sure. when it comes down to it James and the band is he does the video and the photo direction um okay. and he just has an eye for it James. he's done it a lot okay. um so yeah and then obviously having a professional yeah. that you hire is going to help a lot as well they're going to know how to frame a shot and all that stuff so that's why if you're not good at knowing what an image should look like just get a friend or a professional or an amateur like in the technical sense of the term uh someone who's somewhat experienced a hobby in photography whose photography you like and ask them for help cool james james has quite the eye that's good he, he's he's good at all that type of stuff um do we have anything else on photos before we move on no we don't need to go too deep into it but that's one of the main things that you need in the package that you send to your PR when you're getting started. Yeah. It's hard to do anything without, maybe we should mention, why is it hard to do get any coverage without a without photography? Ooh, ooh, I can answer this one quite quite easily. So um, I have a story to back this up. Well, I have a couple stories to back this up. So um, when I first started doing PR uh, 10 years ago, I keep forgetting how long I've been fucking doing this. But anyways, like 10 years ago. So... Um, you know, you're, you're trying to build up your contacts and you're trying to, uh, you know, get some, get some coverage for people. Nobody knows who you are, but you're doing your best. And I finally got a band, um, the attention of Metal Hammer. I've been trying to get Metal Hammer placements for ages. Now we do it routinely, but at the time it was like, I can't get into this magazine and it's huge. So um, somehow I, uh, it was Dom Lawson, I think, who was the editor in chief at the time, I think. And uh, he, I got a band on his radar. He really liked them. And I forget for the life of me who the hell they were. And he said, I will do an article about this band, but I need a 
good picture that, you know, I think it was like 4,000 by 4,000 and it has to look good because the picture that they had was crap, right? I don't remember who the band was or anything like that. And I was like, sweet, I got this. I don't have a picture right now, but I'm going to get it. Band's going to give it to me. This is gonna be fucking awesome. They got it like a fucking article in Metal Hammer. Amazing. <clears throat> so what happens is I tell the band this and they're like, no, we don't have that. And we're not going to get one. And they could just do the article about us without the picture. And I'm like, uh, no, that's not how it works. And they said, well, just tell them we don't have a picture and just, you know, tell them, tell them we want them to write about us anyways. I'm like, it's not going to work, but I'll ask Dom. I mean, you know, Dom's a pretty nice guy, as you guys both know nowadays. I didn't know him at the time. Um, you know, and he writes back. He's like, I can't do that. I need a fucking high quality picture or I can't do the article. I love the band. I like the band, but I cannot do this article without a picture. So that so for print that's the main issue but even with web and stuff like that you're going to want a high quality picture um if you look like shit or you your pictures look like shit no like you're not going to get an interview covered it's just not going to work even with news items they always want a band photo there along with the caller me while my phone goes off um they always want a picture along with the with the album art that's all it is there's your there's there's the answer Aaliyah. there it is yeah there it is yeah <clears throat> so and that's think, why we need a picture guys we need a picture but you know the best part that band was mad at me because they did not have the assets in order to get covered in metal hammer and i always tell bands now if they ever say that they want it that they want to get featured metal hammer gotta have that fucking picture there or there is no hope in hell of you ever getting covered by that magazine but anyways i'll be quiet right now that's all about photos for now, but yeah. moving on, um, we need a good bio. And we need a good bio because, again, news features and publications, they want, they need something to go off of. They need mm -hmm. to know a little bit about you. And in this current chat room right now, Holly, you are the expert in bios. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about um why bands need good bios what needs to be in your bio etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah sure so uh bios basically need to contain you know uh biographical uh information about the band how you started what genre you are what you do um and information about the thing that it that it is you're trying to promote um and it's it's um you know i mean these things are useful anyway because spotify has a bio section bandcamp has places to put bio um Facebook used to, which is annoying because it was actually quite good. And mm -hmm. like on your website and things like that, you need to put this information everywhere for people who have no idea who you are. Um, and yet a lot of bands just don't seem to either have a bio or they maybe don't put as much thought into it as they should do because they don't quite realise the significance of it, which I do completely understand. Um, but with a PR campaign in particular, the bio is what gets sent out with your music and the photos and artwork and everything. And the journalists are going to read this and if they don't maybe don't like what they read or they're maybe just not interested by it or someone else's bio is better your release is not going to go into the review pile um so it's kind of having all of the materials as good quality and high quality as as possible so that to give you the best fighting chance basically of, of press coverage i want to add to i want to add to that so one problem we sometimes will have is that uh we'll have clients this doesn't always happen, but it does happen sometimes where the client will be like, they'll want something completely different than what 
Holly or Corey gives them, or they want to change it completely. Um, this is kind of frustrating because Holly and Corey are both journalists and they know what journalists are looking for. Sometimes bands will want super flowery language, like we were talking about the other day, Aaliyah. Uh, weird, like just stupid sometimes. Like we, ha we had, uh, I think it was like three months ago, somebody just took what Holly wrote and they rewrote the entire fucking thing to make it sound like, I don't even remember. Like it was like, so like they just, use like all these metaphors description like it was just it sounded bad it wasn't what any journalist would want to see so they insisted we send it out and we were just like finally we're like no we're not fucking doing that you either do it this way uh the way that we wrote it because we know what journalists are looking for or if you want to do it that way you can do that but we're not sending it out that way just because journalists do not care with the flowery descriptions and like all the verbiage and stuff like that they just don't fucking care Holly yeah i, I I think people maybe don't quite realize that like from a journalist perspective, flowery language is completely useless because I have no idea who you are. I have no yeah. idea what your genre is. I have yeah. no idea what your themes are. I have no idea what the release actually is because you yeah. haven't even told me if it's an album or a single. Yeah. You've just sent me a list of adjectives. <laughs> I exactly. can't do anything with that crap. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, it's great if you, know, if you want to put streams of adjectives on your social media posts and, and stuff, fine. Absolutely fine. Do that. But you know, I I need some tangible information that is actually useful in order to write a good review or or whatever it is. So this exactly. is why it's important. Yeah, and the last I have a question. Oh, go ahead. So would you say then that the bio that you send out to journalists and the bio that you would want to put in your Spotify or on your social media might be different bios? I think that there are definitely circumstances where that is the better thing to do. Um, so, for example, some of you know some of the press releases that we send out are very, very specific to the release. So, to copy and paste that directly into a Spotify, it, it's maybe going to read a little bit odd, especially after that release has come out and you're on to the next thing. So, I kind of think in that case, you take the you know the his like the history the um, about sort of the themes or anything like that that is general and isn't date specific and put that in and you can include little bits maybe of the description of the release but I wouldn't always fully copy and paste it but then again for the purposes of leading up to that release you might want to copy and paste it so that all of the information is there it kind of it's a sort of circumstance by sort of circumstance basis I I, I concur with that um okay. one one thing like a lot of times you're going to want your spotify to be shorter like all he said um but at the same time just as just as a word of caution to anyone who's doing the bio on their own don't be too long no matter what uh usually when holly does a what we call a press kit write-up the bio is very short and she's more into describing the album and the and what's going on with the album so that way she can give people an idea about what that specific album is while still giving a sketch of what who the band is and what they are because nobody gives a fuck if you guys met in grade three and fucking ate christmas dinner together every year and the bassist left and then another bassist came and the third bassist came nobody fucking cares so that's all i gotta say on that so if bands so what what kind of biographical information do you want and what's because what's obviously curtis brought up some things that would be too in detail and yeah. boring so what kind of information do you want in the bio for me i like sort of a basic overview of how they met 
Um, I mean, it, again, it slightly depends on the circumstances. But depends. Sort of Harsh, of... Holly. Like, if they talk about meeting in kindergarten, I want to... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, Don't okay, go good. that deep. Like, good. you could literally put, you know, we are lifelong friends, yeah. full stop. That's Boom. all I need to know. Cool. And, like, really sort of brief. But, you know, sometimes there is a more interesting story behind it. Like, maybe they were a member of another band that is well-known, in which case you do want to put that in because you're sort of showing their background and sort of you know what what else they've done in the metal scene or or the genres of music and stuff so it kind of depends i would say if it's just sort of generic we met in high school keep it brief but maybe still put it in just as a little bit of context um yeah i tend to find sometimes bands do one of two things they either list everything <laughs> like it's like a diary they list every every year that they've been together with every tiny detail or they give us a sentence of we are a metal band from Texas and that's it. And and that's not necessarily that helpful either. Cause then I need to, I'm like, I need a little bit more, just, just a, a little, little bit to go off. Can we, let's do really quick, talk about genre classifications, because I think it's wonderful that current bands are borrowing from so many different genres and they really are creating, some people are really creating very uh, creative stuff that doesn't quite fit into any specific genre but it's kind of annoying to read that in a bio that a band is like oh we don't really fit into any any genre it sounds kind of pretentious right mm -hmm. so what do you think about the genre classifications things is it important how important is it how can it be done without feeling like you're putting yourself in a box yeah it, it is a little bit of a balancing act i think I think you need to put something in because if you don't put any anything in at all, then it's like, well, you could be a deathcore band or you could be a symphonic metal band and or anything in between. And then it, it's really just sort of a guessing game of what type of band are you? Um, yeah, I'm not keen on, how do I put this? Sort of when people really overemphasize the we are genre breaking or we are genre, it, I kind of think, okay, maybe mention it once but sometimes bands will mention it over and over again as though that's yeah. their selling point. And I think because so many people are doing it, you kind of need to say your selling point needs to be what is different about you alongside the genre mixing. The genre mixing isn't enough by itself anymore. Um, ooh. ooh, Holly, Holly, question on that. Yeah. Um, can you can you explain how you did it with disconnected souls? Because you guys are all <laughs> over the fucking map. Um, I think that'd be I think that's a good idea to go into that. I'm sorry. Putting me on the spot now. I am. Yes. I the, the funny thing is I still don't feel like I've quite got there with, with my own band yet. And sure. um, that's I mean, other people it'd be interesting to see what other people think, because obviously I'm I'm in it. So an outside perspective would be interesting. We, we kind of describe ourselves as being cinematic because we use a hell of a lot of orchestrals and atmospheric synths and stuff. And that's kind of the one thing that is a constant. Yeah. But I then say, you know, we use folk instruments. We use, um, you know, sometimes it's deathcore influences in terms of vocals. Sometimes it's progressive in terms of like, we have a song that has like 20 different time signature changes in it for absolutely no reason um but it kind of yeah so it depends slightly on the release i'm promoting as to how i label our genre mm -hmm. but i sort of generalize it as cinematic metal because then people know at least we're heavy but we're doing weird atmospheric stuff <laughs> and that's the constant <laughs> i guess i always call you guys gothic new metal it's interesting because 
different people interpret gothic metal differently. Yeah. So this is why I get put off because I I went through a phase of describing us as gothic metal, and then half we half the responses were you're not gothic enough. Yeah. Or you were, so I stopped using it because I was like, you know what, everybody thinks something different, and I I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you guys all look like goths, so I just do that and new metal. Oh yeah, fair advice. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, I took us off the rails, Leah. I'm sorry. I do that a <laughs> no, lot. No, it's okay. I. That was good. I mean, that that was kind of a, what the takeaway is from that conversation is find the constant throughout your music. What is the constant? And I guarantee you it's more than just you're a metal band. Yeah. There's something else there that is a constant. Unless you're just like a traditional heavy metal band, in which case you can just say we're a traditional heavy metal band. Works for me. And talk about your lyrical themes if your uh, lyrics are about a Dungeons and Dragons campaign or something. Whatever. Don't get Holly started on Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Don't even start. Okay. Don't even start. Anyways. Okay, well, I won't go there anymore. Cool, cool. Um, we are already into uh, a, a good chunk of time here. So let's go right into talking about the music before we wrap things up. Sure. Um, I, I can a band about the last reach one out with like a demo of their songs or should Ooh. they have like fully recorded uh out there stuff fully mixed and mastered what do you think curtis i heard you it like depends. to say something about this it depends of course i'm going to say something about it. it depends um so here's the deal so we have bands routinely reach out to us when they don't have fully mixed and mastered songs uh this can sometimes be a bit of a crap shoot because if they're really fucking bad sounding um you're gonna pass or you might have to say i don't know until you send us the finished product because if it's going to sound terrible at the end and you take the money, even though you like the songs and you're stuck with repping a band that sounds off and reviewers aren't going to like that. Uh, but reversely, if we've worked with the band in the past before and the mixes, and we know it's not final mixes, final masters, but we know what they've done before. You got a pretty good idea of what's going to happen in the future. So it's probably safe in that regards. But here's a good example. We had someone reach out to us about three weeks ago. And they sent us unmixed and unmastered songs. But they sounded pretty good. Uh, they were a referral from another band that we worked with who were on Metal Blade. Um, so I'm pretty sure they're going to be okay. So we said, pending final mixes and masters, we will. We are happy to work with you. But we have to have the finished thing first. Because it's still it wasn't that great. But we're, we're kind of assuming at this point, because you can tell that the songs are good. Um, you know, and plus they were a referral from a past client who was on a major label. I'm pretty sure they're okay, but you know, it was kind of like a pending that. But I, I don't know what other PRs do. Holly, what do you do with Deviate by chance if this happens or if it if it happens at all? It's not really happened for me, okay. or at least if it, if if it has, it's been sort of friends. Mm -hmm. So I I know what it's going to sound like when it's finished. Yeah. Um. I'd probably do the same sort of thing as you is if the song, if the basis of the so song sounds good, then I do that. Okay. Assuming that the final mixes are fine. Yeah. We can go ahead. But if, if they're not quite good enough, then. Yeah. Not going to go ahead with that. I, I've also made the mistake where it's been like, they have a mastered track and it's like, sounds good. And I'll be like, yeah, we'll take it. No worries. Like if, like if, I'm assuming everything else is going to be okay. Once the, rest of the album gets there and we'll we'll invoice and take the money start and start a campaign but the rest of the songs have been eh, and you're like 
well, I already made the commitment and it's like, okay, the, it's not the greatest mixed master, but you know, it's kind of passable at the same time. So yeah, it, it's, it's a judgment call in each case, Aaliyah. So hard to say. Right. Yeah. And so with all that in mind, how soon, how far in advance should a band send their music um, before they want to release it? Okay. So I'm going to go C-squared again, since I'm the main person that has to do the qualifying of Corey here. So again, it depends. So if you back it up a bit, the main issue that happens is a lot of bands will try to shop for PR with no music, no links or nothing like that. And they just want a price. And I never give anybody, like, I always go like, just, okay, here's the price, but we will not, we're not accepting you. This is not like you're, you're in or anything like that. So as soon as they have the music is good when they start quote unquote shopping for a PR, because if you're just asking people what their prices are and people are just like, yeah, send me like a thousand bucks and you got like a three month campaign or something like that. It's that person is an idiot because they don't know what you sound like. So, and I know a lot of PRs have done this and I've, I've seen them do this and I'm not going to draw name drop any people, but they will just take the band and then it's like later they're promoting something that's a piece of shit or whatever like that. Uh, but as soon as you have it, even if you like, if you're shopping for PR and like Aaliyah said, you don't, you don't have final mixes or whatever, send them along. So that way the PR at least has an idea and you can go from them. But what I always do is someone who's asking us for a price. I always give the price, but I always clarify this does not mean we are willing to take you. You know, Corey and I both have to pass on it. If we don't like it, we don't think it's up to snuff, we will not take it, period. So, you know, again, sometimes mistakes are made because sometimes, you know, you've worked with someone in the past and you think that they're going to be fine. And then you're like, yeah, sure, we'll do the campaign. And then it ends up being like, eh. but yeah, it all depends. As soon as you have, have some music, the, be the better when you're shot shopping for PR. I guess the better question is how long do you need to run the optimal campaign to promote an album before three, it's released? Three to four months minimum. Uh, the reason being because you will definitely not get any print without that it being that long because print magazines especially need uh, a little bit of a longer turnaround or sorry a little longer bit of lead time in order to uh, even get a shot or a review. So if you want to get power play, you want to get decibel, you want to get metal hammer, you're out if you're doing a one one or two month. Well, two month, you might be able to do it, but one month for sure, you're out. Uh, two months, you're cutting it pretty close. And don't listen to what anybody tells you. We've had a label tell a client that one month was sufficient. And it's not true. It's just not fucking true. And if you look at that label, I'm not going to name, name names. They have not had many print magazine reviews based upon their one month campaigns that they've been doing. So don't listen to it. And if you don't care about print, that's totally fine. But even still, Try to get it as long, far in advance as you can, because there's another good example. Uh, Decibel Magazine, as of July, were booked up on streams through October with all the writers that I talked to. Yeah, so, and that's three months. So yeah, yeah. And so I, think I guess right, four months would be optimal. Yeah, if you could, but three months you can usually three months is usually okay too. Fair. Yeah. All right, now we're gonna go real speedy into the i the topic of what bands can do if they can't afford uh a pr now i do want to say and i thought of this a, a few seconds ago and then i forgot mm. i want to say one thing that you guys in bands need to do is definitely try to do your research yeah. you're not sending your demos out to a million prs 
across the world. Okay, pick a few PRs that you either you have personal references from friends or you have done a little bit of research and it looks like they cover music in your genre. Reach out to a few of them, max. Not You don't have to send your music out to a ton of people when it's yeah. not ready. So don't worry about that. Yeah. Just make sure you pick people that are relevant to your genre and have had clients that have that you can see some sort of um, reaped benefit that they might have gotten from using that PR. Yeah. And you can also like, for example, with us, anybody can go check out our podcast and they can see that all the people that we've had on that we're, that we have the connections with. So easy to do. Plus you can see a list on our Facebook. Um, I think I forgot to update it the last couple of weeks of current clients. I don't keep past clients on there, but it is on the website, right, Holly? Because you keep all the press mm -hmm. releases are. Yeah. Holly. Oh yeah. All the press releases are. Yeah. All the uh, press releases are updated on our website. So you can yeah. see what's going on. Yeah, so, we so keep go to cscrib.info if you want to check out our PR. Yeah. Um, no, I think I got to stop the rails again, uh, Leah. Sorry. No, that's okay. So then on to the topic of what can bands do if they can't afford PR? Yes. Okay. Um, I want Holly to go on this first on this. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there's, there's quite a few different little sections. So I guess I'll just kind of do a brief overview. Um, a big thing is social media. You can do a hell of a lot with your social media, both in terms of uh, sort of building up your brand image and what you do and connecting with people in the music industry and connecting with potential fans um you can try and do your own pr and sort of put together your own, your own press kit and pitch it to journalists i would say do that with caution and think mm -hmm. about it before you go and do it just mm -hmm. you know to say it briefly um and uh yeah you can do stuff like uh you know you can do the merch side of things you can set up all of that side of things you can set up your music on you know you can do playlist pitching you can do there's a lot you can do yourself it's just time consuming and i would highly recommend you carefully research and sort of plan it before you do um because the worst thing you can do is pitch a journalist in maybe not the best way and yeah. they're going to have a bad view of you and that's not necessarily going to change or, or things like that so it's, it's just kind of doing things in the right way in the polite way i agree yeah. um one thing you can all you should be doing if you're planning on doing your pr yourself because you can't afford it you should be networking a ton and finding like actually talking to these people before you start your campaign because you need to know who the writers are who you have to contact you have to find emails uh you have to make sure you're not looking spammy like all they said uh, how to present yourself but I mean a key prior to all of even the image part of it and like presenting yourself you have to know who the people are that you want to reach out to because one issue that I see that a lot of bands that are doing PR themselves they do not know who the journalists are um, they don't know how to find an email <clears throat> excuse me they don't know how to reach out to someone they don't know who they're supposed to be talking to most writers emails are not publicly listed um, so you might have a little bit of a hard time finding them uh, but it takes time to dig and locate the correct people to talk to. So you're going to want to start doing that probably during your recording process or even earlier than that. So, and it's going to take you a lot of time to do it. It's going to be extremely time consuming. And a lot of people go like, well, I can pitch, you know, metal sucks, metal injection, not fast metal hammer, and I'm good. 
No, you're going to need to make a list of probably like at least 500 people. And you might, might, might out of all those 500 people get a response from a few of them. And you might get maybe four or five placements out of that because nobody knows who you are. But if they do know who you are, you'll probably get a lot higher, higher placements as a result. So you got to start early, <clears throat> excuse me, on that. And um, you got to network. You got to figure out who people are. And if you don't know who Holly is, uh, do not address her as toots. Don't like, you know, say, hey, you look pretty or anything like that, because it looks kind of weird when people do that. But I know some bands will try to do that type of shit uh, or just try to be their best buddy and be like talking to them about dumb stuff, like how to win friends and influence people does. So it happens, Aaliyah. Don't give me that look. Uh, oh, also, it's just cringe. That's all. It is. It's extremely cringe. And also make sure that you know, again, it comes down, who are you pitching? Like we get people, I get people pitching C squared all the time to review albums. And I don't know where they got the idea that we review albums. Uh, we will occasionally interview a band on here if they're indus industry focused, but I don't, I don't know. Um, and then the other thing that they could do, I, Aaliyah, if we got time, is that they could hire a dollar store PR. Do you want to talk about this for a second? No? Yeah, let's talk about that. So they could hire what we call a dollar store PR. So this is someone that will do stuff for cheap. Now, there's a drawback to this, which is that um, a lot of journalists hate dollar store PRs because they just spam people and they don't send a very good kit out. A lot of times they don't even send a proper press kit. It's just whatever the band sent them riddled with typos. And it's literally just exactly what the band sent them. And it looks completely unprofessional. You might get some pickups from some small blogs and stuff doing that. But I can't think of any bands that have gotten major placements from using one of those services. Um, and most of the journalists that I am aware of hate these people with a passion because they're annoying. Um, and it gives you a bad reputation. So you might get a little bit of coverage doing it, but if you're spending $50 on PR, it's like going to the grocery store and getting uh, a good example is macaroni and cheese. I don't know if you ever had macaroni and cheese from the fucking dollar store, but a hundred percent I have. Yeah. And it's horrible. Macaroni and cheese itself in a box is already not good. But when you go to the fucking dollar store and you get that, it's just, it's miles away from Velveeta shells and cheese, yo. Exactly. It's the same thing. Like I got, here's a good example. I went, I went to uh, Sriracha. Sriracha, there's a worldwide shortage right now. My wife uh, saw some at the dollar store a couple weeks ago, loaded up on it, thinking Curtis is going to love this because it's fucking Sriracha sauce. I looked at it and I was like, this looks kind of funny. Tasted it. Fucking horrible. So for a dollar. Oh. Exactly. So this is, this is the same thing that happens with PR. Uh, it's, the taste is off, the flavor is off, it's it's cheap, it's shoddy, and you can tell. Can you sometimes get some decent decent coverage from it? Yeah, but most of the time it's going to be not very good is the, is the issue. And most people do not like these people anyway. So there's a yes. reason why they charge $50. Right. Yeah. And you might, also, you might just be better off doing what you can yourself until you can afford a legitimate PR. Yes, but I also want to point out a couple of different things too, because Holly has brought this up too. There are some budget PRs, which is not the same as a dollar store PR. So uh, a couple of people that I, uh, someone that I would like to shout out that I think is quite good, who are budget PRs, not dollar store PRs, like Clawhammer are, are pretty good PRs. I, I like Clawhammer. Um, they actually sent us a referral one time last year, uh, Rybard, if I'm not mistaken. Um and they're actually pretty good. They're really good at what they do, actually. Uh, but they're budget because they have to take they take on so they have more clients. So they're not going to be able to put in as much time 
I, I don't think is what as what uh, someone that's higher price can. That's one thing you got to keep in mind is like a lot of these smaller places they can't put in the or sorry these dollar store people they take like a hundred clients at a time at fifty bucks a shot they can't really do anything for you. A more budget focused PR is going to have lesser clients, but it's still not quite as focused even though they can usually do a pretty good damn good job. So. Hopefully that makes sense. I'm not trying to disclaw Hammer in any way, shape, or form. I'm just saying they're a little bit more budget friendly for yeah. a lot of bands. Yeah. That didn't sound like a diss to me. Cool. Just making sure because I actually really like those guys. So, yeah. Uh, so you could check for something that's a bu uh, budget friendly as well. And if that's still too much, I don't recommend doing the dollar store approach. But honestly, you should just maybe save up some cash and hire some. Yeah. And I mean, I, if your music is good, I've known people who got coverage in like Metal Hammer. Yeah. By doing it themselves. Exactly. You just have to be professional. Yeah. And um, I also want to point out one other thing you can do is if uh, you could also do what Holly and Aaliyah both did, you could start working for somewhere that could also help you with doing that. I want to throw that out there. Yeah. And somehow I'm still stuck here like nearly a year later. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Try to get rid of you if we can. Just kidding. But anyways, that's my thoughts on dollar store PRs, unless either one of you guys had anything to add to that. I don't know. I guess one thing to do, I'd just like to quickly reinforce, or reinforce rather, at the point of, like you were saying, they send out whatever materials the band sends them. So if you send, um, if you send them like a, a Word document that's just got bullet points, mm -hmm. they will send out the bullet points to a journalist. Yeah. They won't write a book, a bio. And that that's really not, something you want for your reputation for your image to be associated with you it's really not helpful um and as from like the journalist perspective um when certain you know i'm, I'm not going to name names when certain people find your email addresses and spam you despite the fact you have unsubscribed 20 plus times metal devastation not so i thought anything. we weren't name dropping anyway. this she said that not me i didn't i didn't say i wasn't naming names i just named the name I mean, I, I, I don't, apparently the, the data protection laws don't apply to them, but anyway. In Just other say. words, they're illegal, but yeah. And they're not supposed to do what they do, but... Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Okay, I had a brief summary, like, in my mind, and now I've lost it, but basically, you want to start your PR campaign three to four months ahead of when you plan to release your album. You want to reach out and shop for PRs before even that, ideally. Mm -hmm. And you mm -hmm. can you can do it before that with your demos. However, don't send your demos out to journalists. I'm not trying to make that impression here. Um, definitely wait until you have all of your music uh, mixed and mastered and finalized and set up in your digital distribution platform and all of that yep. um, before you send stuff out on your own or get a PR three to four months ahead of your release. Make sure you have photos, get a professional bio written if you're not a proficient writer. Holly does them for a reasonable price and she's very good at what she does. $75. Very good. And yeah, that's the summary. Make sure you get PR before your release. Please don't try and get it after your release. It's not going to do very much good at that point. Yes. Is there anything you can do after your release if you, other than like spinning it off and getting a PR, <clears> what is stuff you can do to promote your album after your album is out? 
if you Ooh. forgot if you didn't do a PR campaign. I have a small plan that any band can use in order to promote their album after release if they fucked up and they did not uh, do any PR prior. Um, but again, you're probably going to want to hire someone for this. So first thing you can do is you could do a few or one music video. And these could be lyric videos or they could be professional videos. Doesn't matter which, um, but, uh, but that can work. Uh, another thing you can do is you could also do uh, some bonus tracks that you could add to a special digital version or to a special CD version or something, even though you said you didn't want me to go into re-releases, but you can do that for uh, bonus for bonus tracks. And you could even turn that into a lyric video or a professional video or whatever. Probably cover tracks not going to work for a lyric video, but still. Um, but yeah, here's a good example is Carrie and Vale, who we work with, um, have, I think, another three lyric videos that they're releasing post-release. They put out an album in August and they have three lyric videos coming out and they decided to do a, an actual full professional video as well. So that's another four videos that they're going to be extending PR with for the next, I don't know, probably five, six months or whatever. So that's going to give their album a big boost over the next few months. Uh, another thing you can also do in order to promote is you could get uh, PR to uh, send out some information about an upcoming tour that you have. Uh, but Small bands and tours generally don't get picked up too much, so you don't really want to, you know, that may or may not be a worth your money. But if you have a lyric video or a, a good lyric video, not something cheesy and crappy, that is uh, going to help you get PR if you do that. So that's my small plan, unless Holly has something to add to that. No, I think I think you've sort of covered, yeah. Cool. Yeah, some good, good ideas. Yeah. All right. This has been a long one and lots of information. I hope it has been helpful to some of you listening. And with that, I will say until next time, make like a bull and throw those horns up. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice. You can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about. Thanks for listening to C-Squared.